shut up and eat my cookies. Welcome to episode number 16 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-hosts are Dee and Lenore. So ladies, what's your medium tonight? Dee? My medium is my handy-dandy reporter's notebook, which I'm not going to ever say anymore because I've been writing in it for like a year. So until I specify otherwise, it's that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm writing with a Viking Element 2. It's a black pencil with a black eraser. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. It feels kind of um, waxy, if that makes sense. Is that the fat one? No, um, I actually got it in a pencil trade. Um, I forget from who, but it's like, maybe it's the paper I'm writing on, but it, it feels, no, it, it feels kind of like waxy. So I'm not complaining. It's just, that's how it feels. <clears throat> um, and I'm drinking a tension tamer tea with honey. Um, it's incredibly cold here. In Western Massachusetts, we're in the twenties right now. Oh my god! Gonna... <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, you guys are I, so much colder than we are. It's it's in the forties here. Get the get out of here! It's twenty six degrees right now. Oh, that sucks. That's awful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, so I'm drinking tea, and I'm in a room with no heat. So even more important for tea. So, that's it for me. What about you, Lenore? I'm having some hot cider which I dolled up with a little bit of orange juice and some cinnamon and some nutmeg and some cardamom and some Ooh. bourbon. And um, <laughs> it, is, it is very nice. Um, it is a good thing to be drinking on a cold night. And it's funny that you're in the 40s, Les, because um, apparently it's 33 in Louisville right now. So it's been kind of chilly here today. And we're way south of you guys. You are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I am writing on a Roaring Sp- Springs. Uh, I'm writing on a Roaring Spring landscape orientation notepad in yellow. I will note. Nice, <laughs> my favorite. Because it turned up this morning when I was hunting for something to write on for, for a project I was working on, and I'm I'm writing with some pastel colored Papermate flares, which is kind of fun. Okay. And after, you know, like after a couple of years of being around people who are constantly talking about good pens and, you know, after using some nice, not great, but, you know, some nice fountain pens and things like that, it feels really kind of, you know, gritty and transgressive to be writing with flares. <laughs> so, you know, I'm slumming, basically. Right. This is how we slum in the stationary world. <laughs> What about you, Les? I uh, I am writing with a Dom's X1. Uh, it is a made-in-India pencil that is blue and silver, and I'm in love with it. It's And the X1 is just, it reminds me of, like, an 80s race car. Oh, sure. Uh, but it has that super dark, smooth graphite that I just really adore. And I'm still using my Baron Fig train of thought. Um, I'm still digging that. Um, I'm still reading the silkworm. Like, so now that it's NaNoWriMo and I don't have any time to read, 
all of my library books that I had on hold are now available to me. Because nobody else has time to read either. Yeah. Right. All the other book nerds are doing NaNoWriMo. So all of the stuff that I want is now available. So I've got the Silkworm. I've got a... Oh, God, I can't remember the other book. But, like, there are three or four other books that all of a sudden are like, hey, they've been automatically downloaded. And I'm like, darn it. Because mm-hmm. I really want to read them, but I also am crushing my nano goals. And I just don't have time. So, yeah, so return them and get back on the queue. Well, it, it, they're, they're... Well, yeah. Okay. That's a good thing. Right? Yeah. I mean, they That's don't good. cut you off after one. This is true. This is true. But, you know, if if I get myself back in the queue and I'm the first person on the queue, then I download it again. So then I just have to put it in my wait list again. Ah. It's, can it's you a, not look it up and see if there's somebody else in the queue? You can. You can. You can see if yeah, there are other people I mean, in the if queue. You, yeah, if you got on and, like, checked on it, it would tell you what number you would be in the queue. It would. So. Yeah. If only there were some way we could solve these problems. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I'm also drinking an Americano that I made with our home espresso machine, which is sort of a fake espresso machine. But don't tell Christy I said that. Okay. Um, and made with some home roasted beans. And then I've got a big jug of water next to the desk here. So. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I need some water because I need to work on my NaNoWriMo tonight after I get off with you guys. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, hey. Yeah. You got me hooked on buffering the vampire slayer. Yes. Ha ha. Oh, sorry, but gosh. not sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I like, I, I, my frustration right now is that when I load it up on my phone, um, it just inexplicit, inex, it just inexplicably stops at certain moments. Oh. And like, I go back to the thing and the page is frozen and then it just reloads to whatever's the most recent episode. And have to go back and find the episode that I was in and, like, try and get in the neighborhood of the spot. And, of course, the little status bar, you know, the, the progress yeah. bar in it is so tiny yeah. that I'm, like, lucky if I can get within 10 minutes of where I was. What app? So. Well, maybe we should talk about this when we're not recording. But what app are you using to listen to it? App? You don't have, you don't use an app. You just download it straight from there. No, I didn't even download it. I'm just, I'm, I'm like streaming it. Oh, okay. I'm, oh, just, okay. I'm just using the internet on my phone. Okay. So, so yeah, you can download okay. it through an app, like Podcast Addict I, or something like that. I actually even know how to do that, but I'm just a dumbass. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, here, click here to play. So. Yeah. Uh, th- th- yeah. Well, it makes it easy. That way you can create a whole playlist. And well, for me, like I don't, I'm, I'm a nerd about not using data. And using Wi-Fi wherever I can. It's it's a whole thing. It's it's stupid. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm i the data miser. Christy uses all the data. Um, <laughs> I say data. So, like, so that's... Oh, you say data? Okay. Data? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Anyway. Uh, regional difference? Probably. Data. Um, data. Uh, anyway, um, so anyway, so so I, I'm a miser with that, and Christy is not. She uses all of the gigs, and um, so I download everything and then listen to it offline. Okay. So when I have Wi-Fi, I download all of my podcasts. So I have an opportunity before I leave for work to download stuff, and then I, when I'm at work and I'm on the work Wi-Fi, I download 
all the podcasts that I need to get home. <laughs> well, I mean, and sometimes. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, sometimes I download like 14 hours worth of podcasts at a time so that I don't have to worry about it for a couple of days. Right. Yeah, so. no, I, I agree with you, Les. Like, downloading is the, I mean, I don't I don't care about my data, but I always download them because I often listen to podcasts in the car. And if I stream them, um, by me, I mean, some towns don't even have self-service. So then you're in the middle of something right. good and then yeah, you're screwed. My commute is really short and I don't usually listen to stuff in the car like because it's almost more trouble than it's worth to boot it up. But I've, I mean, part of the reason that this is a problem for me and hasn't been before is exactly because I'm so obsessed with it that I'm like, I have I have 10, I have 12 minutes. It's going to take me 12 minutes to get to work. I can listen to buffering for 12 minutes, you know, so uh. I've got it up on my phone. But normally I don't have to download stuff because I'm just listening to it through my actual computer at work and it's playing while I'm working. Well, that makes sense. And like, while I'm at work, I, well, I can listen to stuff, but most of the stuff that I'm writing requires that I'm attuned to what I'm writing um, and not to a podcast. I don't have, I have a really difficult time writing words while listening to words, which is probably mm. an entirely different yeah, podcast, but. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have yeah. the same problem. I don't have it on when I'm doing work that requires some, you know, some cognitive load. But um, I, I have a confession to make okay. to you, too. Okay. And if you decide you don't want to talk to me anymore and you're <laughs> going to do the rest of it without me, I'll understand. Okay. Okay. So how, how obsessed I have been with buffering is I haven't listened to you guys last episode yet that you did with that. Oh, I'm going to say it's because you I know. I'm so me. sorry. I had a really hard time listening to the chalk episode that you guys did without me because I was like, Oh, I can't believe I missed out on that. And then you guys did the highlighter yeah. episode without me. Right? I was like, oh my God, I have so many thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Like, I really want to get in on this conversation that happened yeah. a week ago. Yeah. Yeah, now I feel you. So I understand. We'll still talk to you. Speaking of which, yeah. what's Thanks. exciting, Lenore? Um, well, you know, buffering is exciting. <laughs> Actually, it's something that's cool about it, though. I'm, I'm like, mocking that. But um, one of the things that's cool about it is that I'm listening to episodes and I'm starting, like, they're starting to get caught up to where my daughter and I are watching. And, you know, there's still a ways back because we're a little bit into, chap into season four. But I've seen them recently because I was watching them with her. Mm -hmm. So it's actually really cool that I'm... Um, like I'm listening to the current ones and I'm working my way up through um, episode or through season one. And the other thing that was kind of exciting in the last week is that I had a guest post on Les's blog. So that was really exciting because, you know, I don't I don't publish stuff. That's not my. Well, you should because it was a really <laughs> it good. It was. Read. It was excellent. Um, and I, I need a blood moat. <laughs> <laughs> Was that hilarious? And I, I like, I was, I was being all like critical mom. And I, I was like, so what's going on with these? Like, is this coming down in a spiral or, you know, how does this? And she's like, oh no, there's just a little like zigzag behind the building. It's all flat. You just can't see where it connects up. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, good. That's fine. So, yeah. Yeah, she's creepy. That's cool. She's a, she's a creepy little kid. Yeah my kind of kid I, I dig it so anyway what about you d um 
So nothing super, super duper exciting. Um, but my thesis proposal has been approved and accepted. All right. I know. And it's been designated as honors quality work. So that's another hump. Color me shocked. I know. Right. Um, but now I get to do all the fun, exciting things like IRB approval and (laughs) pre-registering my hypotheses. Um, and, (laughs) And because I am going to talk to people at the five colleges in my area, I need five IRB approvals. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to work a way around that. I think I'm going to change my wording to I'm going to interview individuals in the community and then just approach people through just casual means as opposed to reaching out to each school. Yeah, that's probably a better um, bet. That's easier. Yeah. Yes. Um, plus, the bulk of my respondents are going to be from the internet because it's very hard to find my population here in Western Massachusetts. So. Yeah. So yeah, so there's that. So so I've been doing that, um, and I'm still like on that Tamagotchi wave. I have <laughs> an embarrassing amount of Tamagotchis on their way from Japan. Um, I did get that far in the podcast. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah. I, I will report back, but I, I got on this like nostalgia bandwagon. Um, I joined two Tamagotchi groups on Facebook <laughs> and the rest, as you both know, when you join any kind of specialized group, um, you get bit by that fear of missing out. Bug. You want all the stuff. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I ordered some Tamagotchis that I had when I was a kid, like the same color design, what have you. So, so yeah. Um, I have no shame in my game. All right. So that is it for me. What about you, Liz? Um So when this airs, NaNoWriMo will be almost over. Um, I've been doing really, really well with my word count. Knock on wood, hopefully. I do not jinx myself. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about that. I'm going to win again this year. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> I, so funny story. I was telling Christy about NaNoWriMo and how I won it last year. She's like, you didn't tell me you won it. I was like, yeah, I won NaNoWriMo last year. She's like, well, what did you win? I was like, they (laughs) give you a downloadable banner for Facebook. She's like, what? I was like, everyone who gets 50,000 words wins. And it's like literally thousands of people win. She's like, oh, well, I thought you like won one. It's like, no, there's no win winning, you know. Yeah, no. And there's there's someone in my um, North Shore NaNoWriMo group who has mm-hmm. forty nine thousand words in the second week. Oh, yeah. damn! I mean, are, are they, they otherwise writer? unemployed? I, I don't know. I didn't ask any questions, but it was like, oh my god, how do you even do that? Where do you find the time? I mean, I can churn out about a thousand words in an hour of pure garbage. I can't imagine tr- mm-hmm. like churning out. 50,000 words in two weeks. Although supposedly Stephen King did it. But he was also... Maybe it's Stephen King. He was also coked out of his mind when he was doing it. But, you know. Um, So, to free me up to do NaNoWriMo and crush my my, uh, workout this year, I asked a bunch of friends to write blog posts for my blog. And uh, Lenore was one of them. Her post was amazing. Uh, I've got... Uh, a bunch of other people also uh, contributing. So Hannah um, from the RSVB 
RSVP group also did a, a post about the um, Kakuno campus notebooks, which was really fabulous. Yeah, that was yeah, so good. She, her, yeah. her photos were amazing, and I want those tentacle fingers. I want them so <laughs> And the tiny feet. When I saw that, I was like, Hannah, you get me. You get me so much. Um, so, yeah, that was awesome. And then um, Tiffany Babb from the Erasables group. Um, yes. Her post is coming up next week, and she did a travel post. Um, and Eric, also from Erasables, is doing a post uh, about, I believe he's doing um, mechanical pencil lead. And from what I've seen oh. so far, I've just seen some pictures of, of the LEDs he's talking about. It's going to be fabulous. So I'm really looking nice. forward to, and I, you know, I get to read everything beforehand and I get to put the pictures in and I'm just really digging it. It's really super cool to have other people's stuff come in and be able to see it before everyone else. So I'm enjoying that. Um, do you, what? Do you still want mine? I know uh, I've been lazy. Yeah. Around. I'll, I'll okay because I, I I have an okay, idea. Good, excellent. Then I want to see it, and I'm working on it. I want to see okay. it. I yeah. I mean, what have you been doing? Dee? Yeah. I mean, I know, right? screw Come that on. thesis stuff. Get your get your fuck going on my blog. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how hard it is for me not to swear? Like I know I'm 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 editing this week, so I'm like it's really hard. I, I want to say the swear word, but I'm I yeah. don't feel like doing the buzz. I don't feel like doing the buffering. Gets away with it. I well, but they are they are not hosted. Their hosting is different. Yeah. So, no, I know. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just I jealous. Because in real life, I talk like a truck oh, driver. Oh, me too. Me too. I mean, every other word. I haven't talked with any truck drivers lately, but I sure do like to use profanity a lot. <laughs> nice. Um, and, you know. But yeah, no, that, that post should be coming soon. I mean, it's actually kind of, it's an editorial. I'll give you Excellent. I look forward to it. Um. Yeah. And so some of those things that you were just listing are going to be out by the time this, this uh, episode yeah, drops, Tif- right? Tiffany's Luke? post will be up. Um, I think Eric's will also be up. Um, possibly so these might come out right around the time that this, this airs. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. no pressure, D. No pressure. You got it. Thank you for doing this, Les. Like, thank you for providing this public service because I'm really enjoying reading people's stuff. And, um, you know, I think some of us, like, wouldn't, well, you know, obviously D has actually kept up with a, a yeah. blog and has made it worthwhile. Like, so that's great. But, you know, if I, if I started a stationary blog, it would be one of the 11 billion blogs that has two reviews, a gap, a review, a gap, an apology for the gap, <laughs> and then ends and like nothing ever happens again. Yeah. Right? Isn't that the life cycle of the average yeah, blog? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's how it works. Well, that was my life journal back oh, in the wasn't day. That everyone's life journal. Oh, see, I was all over LJ. But you know, I I think it's also self-serving because I've wanted to. This is something I've wanted to do for a really long time, and I didn't have the um, ovaries to ask people to do blog posts for me because I was like, why would anyone mm-hmm. want to contribute to my blog? It's my blog. But now I'm like, you know what? Comfortable Shoes Studio <laughs> has been around. In its current form since 2006. And before that... It's mm-hmm. like 87 in blog I know! Years. So, yeah. you know, it, if people don't want to contribute, they can always say no. Or say yes and then forget. Um, and that's okay. That's fine. But, like, I'm really enjoying having other people's stuff up there. 
because I think it gives additional voice to the blog, other than just me blathering on and saying, well, you know, I really enjoy this Dom's X1 pencil. Getting, like, getting Hannah's contribution to, like, this is what you get in when you're when you're in Korea and you're in school, this is the kind of notebook you get. And it's really different than what mm-hmm. Americans get. That is such a cool perspective yeah. to have. You know... Something I would never have encountered. Right, but, and then having you pipe in with how you do the pig-pog PDA versus... Which is really very similar, I think, to Bullet Journal without the little icons. Just just saying, gonna throw that out there. Like, yeah. like having that perspective on this is how I get things done, this is how I do stuff, I think is really, I I don't know, I think it's a really valuable contribution to the blog itself, and it's self-serving because I get to have this other perspective myself. I get Mm -hmm. to have other people do things on my blog. I don't know. I think it's really cool, and it's making me really excited about my blog again. So thank you, Lenore, and thank you everyone else who's contributing. Mm. Um, because you're getting me excited about the blog again. Um, and I'm getting more ideas for what I want to write for the blog, too. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's sparking my creative juices. Yeah. But anyway, what, did, did we ask you, Dee, what, what was exciting for you? Yeah, we did. We, your, your thesis yeah, proof we did. proposal. God, I, I, I know, I'm okay. a horrible host. Um, all right, so <laughs> let us move in to our main topic. This week, we're introducing our holiday gift guide. What kind of stationary gifts should you give to other people? Um, as a way to structure this, because you have to have viewers say, well, you should buy this, 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 and this. Um, I think that's really unstructured, and I like a little bit of structure in my gift guides. So what I what I proposed to my co-hosts was that we look at this in terms of beginners in stationary, novices, mm-hmm. and the advanced or fanatic level, but also with a subset of gift giving for teachers or to teachers, not from teachers, but to teachers. All right. Yeah. As well as maybe some do's and don'ts. So let's start with the beginners. D, I know you have thoughts. I do. I have many thoughts. I have, dare I say, a dozen thoughts. Excellent. Let's start with those dozen thoughts. <laughs> um, I think for any beginner, um, it's kind of overwhelming when you say you join the Erasable group. I've, I've seen it already many times. People are like, where do I begin? What do I do? It's so overwhelming, you know? Um, so I think the first thing I would give somebody is a dozen pencils of various grades, brands, um, and... Obviously, I'm not going to analyze each one, but I will just quickly tell you my dozen. Um, the Blackwing 602. Yes. A, a neon casemate, because why not? Um, um, any Ticonderoga. I like the Ticonderoga Black. Um, a General's Badger. A Tombow 2558. Um, a Musgrave Bugle. A Mitsubishi 9000 HB, a Tombow Mono, a Pastel Camel pencil, um, Mitsubishi 9852EW, that's the natural um, one, um, the Tombow Ippo, 
in the Karen Dash graphic. That's that neon one with the zebra yep. print. Ooh. So that would be my dozen uh, pencils. And the reason I chose that kind of, you know, range is because, you know, I picked something like the Blackwing 602, which is the most expensive on the list, down to a neon case meat, which is eight cents. Um, so it kind of gives people a chance to kind of compare not the best and the worst, because I think the casemate is better than the 602. <laughs> I will get hate mail for that. Um, but, Unlikely. But, um, you know, and I, I put stuff in there that, that, you know, like, I don't like the Musgrave Bugle at all, but it's a round barreled pencil and you have to have a Musgrave. Would, and I won't torture people with the test scoring. Would, would you Would you do the CW exclusive, the black and white, or would you just do a regular Bugle? Um, I was thinking about that. Like, I wanted to make it like, I'm pretty sure CW won't ever run out of those. But I wanted to, I would just say regular because I also wanted to make a list of things that are readily available. Um, Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And then to to go with those pencils, um, one or two erasers, um, because half of these don't come with erasers. Um, I would pick my favorite, the Hinodawashi, um, eraser and the sumo grip which has been not my go-to eraser but i've been using it a lot more um and then for a sharpener i was torn on this because obviously you want to give somebody something that is going to do the best job in the world because if you give a beginner a sharpener that kind of stinks they're just going to get disenchanted yes (laughs) so um or not even that stinks but that is um, what? Persnickety. Yes. So I have two that are not long point sharpeners. Cause I think that's, that's like a novice level and we'll get to that later. Um, my two are the Tombow Ippo pinch point pencil sharpener. Um, it is actually, you can find it on jet pens, but the reason I like this one is because it holds all your shavings in the little sharpener. And then when you yes. empty it, you just pinch it and you don't even get your hands dirty. Cause cool. I think with new, new people or people that are new to pencils, they don't want a sharpener that you have to find a place to sharpen right. like, or to catch the shavings. For me, if I'm outside, they go on the ground or I just sharpen on a piece of paper and throw it away later. But for new people, I mean, they may not think of that. So there's that one. And then there's these sharpeners. CW used to carry them. Um, she doesn't anymore, and you can find them online. I find them in my local art store. They're a uh, Milan sharpener. Oh, it's a it's a square. They they come in primary colors like red, green, yellow, and it's another sharpener that has never failed me like point wise, and it catches the shavings. So, um, so I'll put links for all this stuff. Um, but that would be my beginner package, and then. With that, I would just give them an assortment of field notes. Um, again, I would probably give them field notes that are readily available. I don't want to be like, yeah, here's this unexposed. And then they fall in love with something, you know, they can't get. Um, even though I'm sitting on a bunch of unexposed because they're one of my favorites. Um, so, yeah. So just something to write in to tie it all together. That's it for me. So um, just as an aside, because I'm going to go off on a tangent, you remember how I was talking about mm-hmm. that orange unexposed that I opened up and how much I love the reticle graph? Mm-hmm. You see my picture? 
that I posted on Instagram. I did, and I laughed. Oh, I laughed I heartily. I can't believe I washed it. Um, hello, however, Aww. yeah, and it, it... I did that with one yeah, of yours. It's all wadded up in a little ball. It's awful. <laughs> but I will say that some of the ink that I used survived. Yeah, really? so oh my gosh, the really? um, Baron Fig... Um, why am I... Squire ink mm-hmm. um, survived. It it's still wow. there. I mean, it turned everything a little gray, and then the ink that I happened to be using in my uh, Kakuno also survived. I was really, really surprised. I had a blue ink that I did not expect to survive, and I was like, I don't even know what ink that was, and it survived. Nice. Um, so yeah, that was very exciting. Um, and someone cool. from the group but is not. sending me a replacement. Yeah, unexposed. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. What color it was, was orange. it? I actually, I have many more, but someone, I don't know who to this day, about a year or maybe a year and a half ago, someone was like selling like unexposed, like one of yeah. every color. And I had mentioned, oh my God, I love them, you know, and someone from the group randomly bought them for me and sent them oh, to me, but I don't know who it was. That's super cool. I uh, know. So thank you, stranger. <laughs> um, what about you, Lenore? What would you buy a beginner in the stationary world? Well, I mean, it, I guess it would depend on how well I knew them and, um, you know, like everything else. Right. But um, I really like, I really like your list, D. And I was thinking that if you had a large number of people that you needed to put together gifts for, that's like most 12 of the people. things. Right, exactly. So most of the people that you have, most of the things that you have mentioned are easily available in dozens. And so, you know, you just buy a dozen of each and then package them up. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's really cool. Um, I would say along those lines, you know, don't underestimate the power of like three pencils or six pencils wrapped up with a ribbon, Right. right? Because even just, um, even just like, getting a dozen each of MMX, Pearl, 602, and Forest Choice, right? Mm-hmm. And divvying those up into little bundles of four and wrapping a ribbon and a, and a note around them yeah. is, um, you know, that's that's a fairly, that's a nice but still kind of not too expensive gift yeah, if you have you- a lot of people to get something for it. You bring up a good point. I didn't think about cost. I mean, if I were buying either of you a gift, I wouldn't think about money. But if it was Secret Santa, they're getting three pencils. Yeah. <laughs> so right, you know right, what I mean? yeah. So you're right. The cost factor kind of really needs to go into there. And and you mentioned another good point. Sorry to interject again, but a little note. I think um, I had given someone a bunch of pencils, a pencil from like various different countries. So like. 10 or so pencils and I wrote a little note like where these pencils came from and what they're known for and like I felt that was more meaningful than than just handing them a fistful of pencils absolutely um did either of you ever read um Bobo's in Paradise no no he's David Brooks maybe but um so he's kind of talking about how this book came out I don't know 15 years ago maybe longer I'd have to look it up but um you know, I read it when it came out, and it was one of those books where I was like, shut up, you don't know me. And <laughs> <laughs> so the Bobo thing is bohemian bourgeoisie, 
Okay. And so there's a lot of stuff in the book, but it's kind of like how the uh, elite kind of stuff that people aspire to has gone from being very fancy, very smooth, very shiny, very polished kind of stuff Mm -hmm. to rustic, artisan, hand-thrown, you know, like... We love a crusty loaf of bread that looks like it was baked in a stone oven, you know, and we love nubbly textures and, um, you know, that there's kind of this, this class dichotomy where some people would obsess over getting the biggest TV that they could possibly get and, you know, the big speakers and, and having 400 channels on cable and that, you know, that your Bobo person would scoff at that, you know, ridiculous, low-class low waste of money, but then would spend, you know, like, get a, a Viking stove <laughs> instead, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because it's the best, you know, <laughs> even though they cook an omelet twice a week, yeah. right? They've got to have a Viking stove. So it was kind of funny. Um you know, and it's it's an interesting read. Like, it made me think about things differently, right? That was before I even got into Malcolm Gladwell. But the thing that made me think about it was one of the things he was kind of mocking in there a little bit is that Bobos are a sucker for a story card. Uh-huh. Like, we love to buy something that has a little yes. card in it about where it came from, you know, and... It- what kind of dog the artist has or where this village is, you know? So, yeah, but a card, I mean, a card about the thing is there's no replacement for that in terms of um, helping the recipient to understand why this gift is special to you as the giver. Right. And that's huge because like you said, that turns a handful of pencils a handful of random pencils for somebody who doesn't know into, um, you know, kind of a world tour into a yeah. sampler. And that's, that's huge. Yeah. No, it's like you, you say the note thing. Um, it's like the, uh, $20 composition notebook with, with the, what was that called? It came out recently. It was a Kickstarter. The comp. The yeah. Comp. Yeah. Like, you know, they sold that on story. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, so, and people ate it up. Well, and also, I mean, not for nothing, but their Instagram was really well curated was, at the time. It yeah. was gorgeous. I mean, I followed their Instagram, but I didn't buy their book. Yeah. Because their Instagram was so good. It was. It was tempting, though. So, um, is is that it for you, Lenore, for the beginner? Yeah, I um, I I have nothing really to add other than, you know, other than that. Because I, I agree with you about the field notes. Um you know, it's, well, you know, our very, our very first start into this, our first conversation was kind of about how you don't have to spend a ton of money to get nice stuff. You just have to be paying attention. Right. right? And so I think that giving people something that's accessible, but also nice, that makes them think about tools in a way they might not have Mm -hmm. done before can be really powerful. And you can kind of do that without necessarily triggering that FOMO, right? They don't have to get on and join a group. They don't have to, you know, learn all about something. They don't have to try everything that's out there to just encounter some tools they really like. Very true. 
I, I have to say, I agree with Dee. A nice selection of pocket notebooks. I, I really liked your selection of pencils. Uh, yeah. But I think I would go with like a larger notebook, like maybe the flagship size Vanguard. Oh yeah, good choice. Just just to get because you have so many like there are so many different colors at this point that are standard. Plus, you could throw in a package of some of their limited editions, like the comps are their composition notebooks are still available. The train of thought, which I think you'd really have to know the person to see if they would like that Lisa yeah. Frank on acid look. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so I think that would be where I would go with the with the notebook selection. Um, and then, like, I think it would depend on how deep they already are in. Like, some, some beginners are at the level where they're ready for a fountain pen, in which case I would probably go with something like, like a Kakuno or a Kueko, Perkio, something that's a cartridge converter pen. So they could have the option of using a converter and a bottle of ink. But mm-hmm. also a converter is a cartridge is really easy for most people, um, so I, I think I would go that route for a fountain pen. Um, but if I know that they like gel ink, I might go and just buy that multicolor multi pack. I think it's like a ten pack or twelve pack mm-hmm. of Uniball Signos in point three eight. Yeah, that has recently become available at Staples. Oh, um, or one of the packages that they sell on Jet Pens. That's like a twelve pack of different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just a really high quality gel pen, and I don't know of anybody who doesn't like the Signo. I don't think I've ever met anyone that doesn't like them. No, and a lot of people use them that don't even care about stationery. Like I feel like that's like a pen that kind of just transcends absolutely everything. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that would be the where I would go in terms of pens. Unless there's someone who works in like a really professional setting where maybe they can't use all those colors or maybe they're going to use those as like their planner. Mm-hmm. Um, if they worked in a more professional setting or I wanted to give them something that fit their personality and they were more stodgy, <laughs> um, I might go for the Uniballs in um, the BLX shades. So a selection of, of those, a multi-pack of those. Yeah. Because... I like the Uniballs, and the Signo is a great pen, and it just works really well. Um, yeah. So what? Do, I think we're ready to move on to the novice. Yes. Um, do you want to start that out, D? Yeah. So, you know, thinking about the novice group, it's kind of like that in-between group. Like, they've already, like, dipped their toes into the stationary world, and they may already have, you know, everything that we mentioned just now. Um, I would have to say that I would shift my focus from, from actual tools to maybe something like storage. Um, you know, cause a lot of times I know me when I came back to the hobby, I guess you'd call this a hobby. Um, yeah, I was buying writing utensils and notebooks and erasers and sharpeners, but I never once bought storage for any of that until like a year later when I had a bunch of pencils with nowhere to put them. So um, I might go for a nice pencil case, depending on what kind of person they are. Um, you know, like, like you just said less about, you know, depending on where they work, you know, if they work in a professional setting, maybe get them just a very small, like sleek, like pencil case, like the CW pencils leather case. I mean, it's $40, but if I like you, I'll buy it for you. Um, so there's that. Um, or if you're like a student, you know, get 
a pencil case with a lot of different pockets and something that's durable. Um, right. I actually have, um, actually, give me one second. I had to reach down and get it. Um, I got it from Jet Pens. It's a pencil case by Nomad. Yeah. Um, it was my first pencil case that I bought, and it's one that I still use. It has several different compartments, um, different little zipper things, and so something like that. And it's it was under twenty bucks. Um, and if I knew what they liked already perhaps get them some more. Like if I knew their favorite pencil was the Blackwing 602, buy them a dozen. Um, or, you know, introduce them to some of my, you know, some of the stuff that I like that they would never buy for themselves. Like I've been really hooked on, I bought these pens a while ago when I, when I thought that I would do the whole Hobonichi craze. <laughs> so I bought a bunch of pens, but the Pilot High Tech um, Mayaka gel ballpoint pens. Um, those are awesome. I think Paula posted in our RSVP group, um, about them or commented about them, how they were like the pencil that she uses in school or the pen that yep. is used in school. Um, yeah, I haven't tried those are, yet. I'll, uh. I'll put a link in the show notes. I got 12 different colors. They're 0.4 millimeter, which is nice for me that's one of my favorite um but they come in such unique colors they come in like apricot pink violet red you know what i mean so it's a nice range of colors they come in brown which i've never used a brown pen before um and they're reasonable hmm. they're they're 16 dollars. so um so you can buy the single colors on jet pens as well yes yeah no definitely so you know something like that like something like you know a product that because they're not they're Japanese and not readily available in the US, something that they may not have thought to buy for themselves. Nice, um, yeah. But I mean for me that's that's kind of it. It all depends on what they like. Um but what about you, Les? Well, again, I think this I think hitting on you hit on it when you said that it really depends on the kind of pen and how deep they are already. I think if I know them well enough um, I would pick them up a Pentel Alloy in their favorite color mm -hmm. with a 12-pack of their favorite refill. So, like, I have a coworker who I, I like quite a lot, and she's as almost as neurotic about pens as I am. Mm -hmm. um, so I might pick her up a Pentel Alloy in the dark blue color mm -hmm. with a 12-pack of the Alloy ref or the Pentel refills in black because that's what we can use at work. Um, and I think she'd really appreciate that where, you know, she's into pens and pencils, but she's not as into them as we are. Um, so she's more than she's, she's an early novice. Okay. Um, whereas I think if I knew like, like for someone like you, D, I might pick you up like the lit hit lab, um, a four bag and bag or one of their, their, um, uh, multi-level pen and pencil cases. And I would love you forever. <laughs> but like the a4 bag and bag it gives you some organization in your backpack we were talking about it in the group recently and i think we were so we were talking about the a4 bag and bag on the group um and i really think it's just a wonderful gift for someone looking to get more organized and be able to like swap from bag to bag 
Yeah. And you could actually use it to put a tablet in if you really wanted, but you can really pack them like jam packed with with pens and pencils if you want to. Yeah. Or I, notebooks. I own one. Um, I bought it because I kept throwing my Chromebook in and out of my backpack. And my yep. my backpack has a laptop sleeve, but it was too like narrow and tight that it was just a pain. So yeah. this fits my Chromebook. It I have two field notes in the front pocket. I have a variety of pens. I have some erasers. Um, but it's nice where like, say I'm going to class and I'm, I know that I only need my Chromebook and something to write with. I just grab that out of my backpack. Right. Um, yeah, that, that makes it so easy. And it's like, what, like $16 I think I paid for it? Like it's not expensive. Yeah, I would, I think I'm actually thinking of the small one is I'd say, I said A4, but that's, oh, okay. that's more, there's, there's a, yeah, that, is that the A4 or am I thinking of the A5? I have no I don't know. I don't know I'm how bad these, with these like, sizes fancy european and um, japanese you are uh, thinking size references. you're thinking of the a5 i have the a4 and the a4 is 16 dollars. Okay. you're the a5 is only 12.75 i mean right yeah and they're cheaper on on amazon yeah um but you know free free shipping on jet pens plus you can get all of your pen and pencil needs taken care of yeah. so I, I agree with you i think like a storage solution um is a really good thing but i think like a basic entry or not entry level, but sort of like secondary level, second tier refillable pen mm-hmm. is is a good step. Yeah. Um, and then you know maybe if they're a burgeoning fountain pen nerd, maybe you could think about that next level of fountain pen, like the um, Twisby Echo. Yes. Which doesn't float your boat, but that's okay. I'm 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 trying. I like it. What about you, Lenore? So I had a couple of follow-up thoughts, actually. Um, so do you guys know about why the A paper sizes are what they are? It has to do with how the paper breaks down from the master sheet? Y- yes. Yes, it does. But there's actually, like, there's a, a, a further dimension to that in that all of the A paper sizes have the same aspect mm. ratio. Ah, that makes sense. So it's, yeah, so it's geometrically... Like you start with a size that when you cut it in half, you get the same aspect ratio in the two halves. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of neat, neat, right? Um, and which you don't have with eight and a half by 11, you know, if you cut down, you know, if you, if you go from eight and a half by 11 to 11 by 17, you don't fit the paper the seven, the same right. way. So, and then I was just looking and the A5 is, um, the A5 is, 5.8 by 8.3 inches. So that sounds like maybe more what Les was talking yeah. about. And the A4 is 8.3 by 11.7 yeah. inches. So that would be the more the size you have mm-hmm. for your Chromebook. Yeah, because my Chromebook's D. 11 okay. inches. So yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Um, so I had two thoughts. when um, D, when you were talking about uh, yeah. case... Um, I would also just point out that even if it's kind of just a cheap, novelty, whimsical case, you know, like the ones that have funny mm-hmm. pictures on them and stuff, um, or a UV, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Um, that even for a beginner level person, a case kind of turns a package of pens into yes. a gift in a similar way to what a what a card does. Yeah. You know, so if you're talking if you're talking about picking up a package of pens at staples that has a you know it's a piece of cardboard with a plastic (laughs) you know 
a clear plastic cover on it holding the pens lined up for display that that somehow like feels less thoughtful or maybe more cheap than going ahead and taking those out of the package and putting them into a case with your little card and then the case is funny and it's personal so I would actually back up and say that, you know, even if it's just whimsical and not like a really nice case that they're going to use all the time, um, that can be good for beginners. Yeah, too. no, I agree. I, my favorite whimsical case is one that I bought. Um, it's, it looks like a burrito. <laughs> it's oh, yes, by Jansport. Yes. Um, I'm actually, I'll link it. Nice. It's, it's, it's great because people think I have a burrito on, on the desk. So That's so funny. And then the other thing I was thinking of while you guys were talking, I was just like sitting here nodding my head like, oh, yeah. But um, I realized while you were talking that this is actually easier than the beginner stuff, because with beginners, you want to you want to stick to something that they can get hold of more of yes. if they like it. And when you get past that, you can actually go for the novelty thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're they're going to think it's cool and they're going to be able to appreciate kind of something obscure that they've never tried before even if they don't really yeah. like it because there's so much out there you've got the internet to to choose from and you've got you know you've got sources like jet pens and cw pencils and so you can go for something that's just a little bit more um off the mainstream something that's unique because that will have its own interest for that person in a way that a beginner wouldn't you know that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a gift that would suit their um what that would make them feel special yeah. i don't know if that's true or not but that's what i was thinking about. i agree with you well, yeah absolutely i think anytime you take something and you put a little more care and effort into the packaging or how it looks it's like it's like getting a package from cw enterprise versus amazon right you yes. open up the CD. Oh my gosh. It's like right? a gift that you bought for yourself. <gasps> the little envelopes and oh a little God. note. Yeah. Oh, I love Versus it. the ineptly placed airbags and, you know, <laughs> your like staples are poured out in the package, the giant box that's 12 billion sizes yes. too big. Has right? this happened to you less before? Yes. You think? <laughs> anyway. So what about moving into buying gifts for a fanatic? This is yeah. the hardest one, unless you know them really yeah. well. Um, and that is where I'm going to kind of start off. It depends on who the fanatic is. Um, you know, if it's, say, for example, if it is a pencil user, um, I might try to get them that thing that you can't get anymore. Mm. Um, you know... Ah, oh, the eBay route. Yeah. yeah, don't underestimate. Um, yeah. You know, like if, if I know someone... So anyway, yeah, like if, if someone was like, man, you know, I just came to the hobby and I really want a 211. Hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't give them a 211. Um, Depends on how much you like them. Yeah. Well, also, you know, any other thing. Like I recently, um, you know, was going through my collection and found that I had a bunch of limited edition stuff that I would never use. And I turned it into money, but like, those are kind of things that I would pull from for a special gift for a fanatic. Um, right. You know, and I guess the only other thing that I can think of is taking the easy way out and just getting them a gift card. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, I I am I I poo poo the gift card all the time. Like I I wouldn't buy them a gift card, but you know what? Buying getting someone a gift card shows that you care enough to let them make their own choice. I would love a gift card, you know. Um, yeah. But the other side of it, like say say I know someone is really into fountain pens, like they really love their fountain pen. Yeah. Um. I might buy them a bottle of ink or set of um, refills cartridges that mm-hmm. they might not buy for themselves. Yeah. Like like my coworker. She only uses cartridge fountain pens. She doesn't use ink. She only uses black ink. But I might go and buy her a little tin of the Edelstein um, black ink cartridges mm-hmm. for her pen because she would really appreciate it. And, you know, that's it's not a big gift. I mean, that's that's probably going to cost me $6. Um, but it's it's got a cute little presentation. It's got the little tin with the cartridges in it. The ink is fabulous, mm-hmm. right? And and you have to know her to get her, that. Right. Uh-huh. So it, for her, that would be a special gift, even though I'm only spending 6 bucks. It's a fabulous gift for her. Right. It's the right gift for her. Yes. Um, but, like, I know that person. Um, and then like, like say if, if anyone was buying a gift for me, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a bottle Mint. of Edelstein or Eero Shizuki, uh, or Sailor Gentle. Are you making yes. notes, Dee? <laughs> but you know, like, like that's those, or even like samples. Like, so I just did a, a trade with someone and he's like, I don't know what kind of inks you like. I'm like, I like all the inks, you know, like it doesn't matter. And so... I had over, I've just, you know, blown him away with what I'd sent him for the gift for the trade. And he's like, that was just way too much. I'm sending you more. So I got this little box full of sample vials of ink. And what a fabulous Mm -hmm. gift that would have been because it came with, you know, there were seven vials of ink and little explanations written in each ink color about why he chose that ink, why he chose that ink for me. See the story card, right? And, and so, you know, that took it from, you know, it's a little tiny vial of ink. It's five milliliters of ink in each container. And he took the time to wrap each one in a little, in a little, in, in the container, then in a bag and another bag, and then wrap, swaddle them in bubble wrap, put them in a box, <laughs> and then write these little, cute little notes in the same ink on Tomoe River paper and then send it to me. And what a nice, I mean, yeah, we'd done a trade, but what a, it was like a gift. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's love. It is. It's so, it was such a nice, like, but what, how, even though that's not a lot of it, shipping was a lot, but it's not a lot of money spent. It was the fact that he spent the time to fill those ink files, write me the little note. And, and like, wouldn't that make a fabulous gift for someone, you know, is a pen fan? Yes. Um, no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, take your, your, like your pencil box. Yeah. Like you could take that to the next level and add, maybe make it two dozen pencils or, um, a different selection of pencils that maybe, maybe, you know, they like dark, soft pencils Mm -hmm. and you pick a selection of dark, soft pencils and then write a little note about, I picked this pencil for you because yeah and i think that takes it to the next level mm-hmm. no definitely um or just like you know when i give gifts to people 
like I'm the type of person that pays attention to what they like and then buy them something they never would have thought I got them. Like if if you like using watercolors, I may buy you some watercolors that you've never tried before. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, or maybe like buy you like a little kit with like a travel set. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's the thought. It's cheesy, but it's the thought that counts, really. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or like, at, I think at this level, too, you can get into buying them a nice journal. Yes. As well, or, or a nice selection yes. of paper to write on. So maybe you pick out, maybe maybe you buy them a couple of flagship vanguards, or maybe you buy them um, something vintage, or maybe you just find something that's a really fabulous looking journal and you mm-hmm. buy it for them. Like, I think, I think that this is a level where you, you can wow someone. Yeah. with very little just by putting forth a little bit of effort yeah no definitely yep but yeah what about you lenore what are your thoughts so I, um i was just going to stick up for the humble gift card mm-hmm. and here is my here is my th- three-part i think take on the gift card first of all if you are you know, if you're prejudiced against gift cards because it seems like a cop-out, I would say, well, you know, like an Amazon gift card is a cop-out. Unless, you know, unless there's something that that person is good. Unless you know the person well enough to know that that's what they really would love yeah. to have. In which case, fine. You know, like a Walmart gift card. That's, these are things you get somebody that you don't really yes. know. Right? Um, but... If you actually know the person well enough to know that where they would like a gift card to is CW pencils <laughs> or, you know, or jet pens or Goulet pens or, um, or Baron fig, right? You actually have to know them again. And, you know, like this is the part of the gift where you're showing that you're thinking about not just what you would like to get them, but what yeah. they would like, Right. right? And so I think like you have to know somebody if you get them a, a gift card to a vendor that you know that they buy from, that's not just the thing everybody buys from, which is yes. Amazon, <laughs> right? Then that's actually that, that kind of, to me, brings it over into the realm of a gift. And if you feel bad about getting them just a gift card, you know, then yes, get them, you know, give them a vial of ink or give them um, a vintage pencil or something right. like that along with it and, um, you know, make it a, a, you know, a further acknowledgement that you know something about their passion. And then my third part, my third um, idea about the gift card idea is that if there's a, if there's kind of a differential in familiarity with the particular passion or hobby mm-hmm. that they have, um, if they, if you know for, okay, so you were talking about your friend who's into pens and you actually know enough about what she's into and about pens to not only match what she would like, but to kind of go that step further, Right. right? Well, I don't, right? But if I know somebody's into fountain pens, I'm not going to be able, probably, to find and afford a fountain pen that's going to wow them. But 
Um, and because that kind of knowledge differential is there and I'm on the downside of it, um, you know, then the research that I would be doing is where would they like to buy supplies from or where would they like to buy something from? And, um, you know, so that kind of um, willingness to go the gift card or gift certificate route can really help when you have uh, a differential in familiarity with the subject where somebody's really passionate about something and you don't know that much about it, but you would really like to acknowledge their passion. Right. So I think, I, I don't think we should just slam on gift cards <laughs> <laughs> summarily because I, I really do think that there's a place where, um, where that does become an actual thoughtful yeah. gift and possibly the best thing that you could have gotten them under the circumstances. Right. Always like to get people things yes. if I can. Yeah, I think most of us do. I think, I think sometimes a gift card is what you do when you can't think of anything else or someone is so hard to buy for yeah. that <clears throat> picking out an actual gift for them is a traumatic experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but you, I mean, you always want to get people things that you like, but that they will also like and that they will right. use. And, you know, and, and it's not just a, a differential in the knowledge about a subject. It's also a differential in taste. If someone's taste is very different from yours, it can be really hard to match that from a distance. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like buying clothes for people can be really difficult because if, if their taste is not similar to yours to the point that you're like, I know that they will love mm. this then you're stuck with this kind of dilemma of either buying them the thing that's identical to what they already have, which you know they'll like because it's identical to the thing they picked for themselves, or like trying to get something that they'll like, but it's kind of a crapshoot because you don't know, you can't really judge the aesthetic when it's so far from your own aesthetic. Even if you know the person very well. So, I mean, I think that there's, there's a lot of stuff there and, and, you know, gift, you know, gift guide, right? Gifts for who? Gifts for your spouse or significant other, gifts for somebody you just started dating, gifts for your kid, your mom, your in-laws, people at work, your boss, the people who work for you, right? Those are all very different dynamics and different price ranges and different kind of political situations. So, you know, I think there, I think there's validity in all of these things. And if you're just thinking about somebody who's really close to you and likes the same thing, the same things that you like, that decision process is going to be really, really different from the person you drew in the secret Santa at work, (laughs) you know, and barely know, you know, and perhaps don't even really interact with very much. Yeah. Like I, So last year I had an obvious out to not participating in the office secret Santa. I hate office secret Santas anyway, Mm -hmm. but I hate them in principle uh, because I hate them in principle and practice. It's kind of, yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I just, I just, yeah. It assumes that everyone is financially able to buy a gift. It does. It's, it's, it's a real problem Mm. in terms of, you know, in terms of kind of expectations and putting, putting social obligations on people who work right. together that I think is yeah. kind of unfair. Yeah. So I, I am planning on not participating again this year because I just, I, I don't like them. And you do, we, we sign up and then 
I don't even know when they do the Secret Santa. Like, I don't know when it happens. I know that last year they had one. I don't know when they're going, when it happened. I don't know. Anyway, all I'm saying is, I had a good out for it last year. I don't have as good an out for it this year because I've been there for a year. I know a few of the people. I don't, I still don't know the majority of my coworkers. There are 46 therapists that work in the building and a handful of people who work in the office. I know the girls who work in the office. I do not know, except for a handful, the rest of the therapists. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to say I'm not doing it. And then I'll bring in a tray of cookies and food and everyone who's diabetic will complain like myself. <laughs> I see that's like I'm diabetic, yeah. so I can't eat any of it, but I like to cook and I like to bake. And the only time I get to do it is around the holidays. So, so right. I, I do giant trays of, of cookies and fudge and everyone's like, Oh my God, you're killing my diet. Shut up and eat my cookies. <laughs> um, so, well, we have to say that we're <laughs> yes. all conditioned I, now. I think I just happened upon the show title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so I, I, I think that, um, yeah, I think we've kind of beat that to death already. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so yeah. what about what about this idea of teachers? Buying for teachers. Um, well, well, before I launch in, do you guys well, have thoughts? I, I don't have children, so I was going to defer to you. <laughs> um, but I do want to touch upon the, the professor and, um, mm-hmm. thing. Because as a current student and both of you were students, um, you know, there's this, there's this, I guess because we get teacher's gifts, like growing up, every teacher I had up until probably about middle school got a gift, like at the end of the year or around Christmas time or whatever. Um, and then you get to college and you have this person who does a great deal for you and you really look up to them and you really want to get them a gift, but don't (laughs) just, just, just don't. Yes. Um, right. I, yes, I have many professor friends and some of the best gifts that they've ever gotten was a thank you card. Um, you cannot believe. Oh my gosh. So yes. To, yes. To avoid it's any incredible. awkwardness because I, when I first went to college, I wanted to be that person like, wow, this, this professor really deserves a gift. And luckily someone stopped me from getting the gift and probably awkwardness would have ensued. Um, and now it's, it's a note. I mean, I, I do have one professor I'm really close with. I gave her actually a selection of pencils from around the world and wrote about them and it was really cheesy, but it's a different kind of relationship. And I also go to a different kind of yeah. school, um, small liberal arts colleges. There's boundaries are strange. Um, but, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> You know, I've gone over professors' houses for dinner, you know, we go to lunch. So, I mean, it's just different. But generally, you know, in that case, in higher education, a thank you. I mean, every professor that I've been to, like, for office hours usually has one or two little cards on their little bulletin board. And it's from past students. And I think that means a lot because... I'm not a professor, but Lenore, you have to read your, your reviews at the end of the semester. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So just as an aside, that's not a good idea. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to know what you think, Lenore, because I'm kind of torn. I, I brought up this, this point earlier. If I had a child, I would want to get the teacher a gift that 
would benefit the teacher, obviously, but I was torn between, do I get them a gift card to a school supply store that they go to, or do I get them a gift card for something that they can do that has nothing to do with school? Um, maybe, you know, if I know they like Starbucks or if, you know, like maybe like a fun, like spa type thing, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't don't have children. So. Huh. Okay. So the spa thing would kind of depend because like, you don't know if they go or where they go. Right. And I mean, unless you do, in which case, I mean, all of this is kind of assuming that you, I'm assuming you're only really listening to a gift guide if you don't already know exactly what yes. you want to get person for every person in your yeah. life, right? <laughs> so if you don't know where they go, then that that can always mm-hmm. be tough, right? Um, the coffee house gift card, I don't think you can really yeah. go wrong with. And, um, you know, teachers are probably going to have a lot of people in their circles that they're going to be getting mm-hmm. gifts for. And as long as you don't mind if they re-gift, um, you know, even a coffee house gift card, if they don't drink coffee, chances are they can parlay that into yes. <laughs> you know, something that will yeah. be used, right? Yeah. So, and I, you know, I assume if I'm buying presents that are those kinds of pro forma gifts, like for teachers that I don't know well, I'm totally fine with them yeah. re-gifting it right? These are, these are the expectation gifts that are, um, that are difficult because they're people that you don't really know that much about them personally, but you still want to get them something that they would like. And this is where you come back around to that gift card thing, that a gift card is not necessarily a lame gift, right? It's, it's actually appropriate in some places. And I can tell you, teachers do not want a carved apple or a little thing that hangs on the wall, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't have places to put those things. Um, they don't want um, a book about chicken soup for the soul. They probably have 30 <laughs> of them. And, you know, that kind of thing that we think of as the kinds of things that you would only buy for somebody else, you would not get it for yourself, probably because you would not want to own it. Right. So, um, yeah, I think you're really, I think you're really right about the gift card is kind of toward the top of the list. And, um, the teachers, when you were saying about, you get them a gift card for office supplies or school supplies or stuff like that? Well, they need their own stuff too. Right. I mean, teachers go through their own materials as well as, classroom materials and as well as often spending a lot of their own money on classroom materials because you know it's kind of the only way they're going to get it so you know i think they blur those lines all the time anyway so it's totally okay for us to blur those lines too you know i think there's a a tacit acknowledgement of you're supporting them in supporting Mm -hmm. the classroom um so, yeah, I think, and actually I, I did, I will say, I did a little research on this today. I was talking to Spawn's teacher who I actually have a really good relationship with. And, um, you know, we've gotten, she's been, uh, she's been my daughter's teacher. This is her third year wow. in the classroom. Yeah. Cause it's a Montessori. So, um, 
we have in the past gotten her a couple boxes of black wings and, you know, we've gotten her some, some pretty nice stuff, but, um, I was talking her, to her today about something else and I was like, Hey, <laughs> so I have, this let me ask you this. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and she just, she came back with some really, really great stuff I hadn't thought about, um, that I wanted to share. And, um, one of the things was note cards because teachers go through a lot of note cards because they have to write thank you notes to students. They write notes to other teachers. They write notes to parents. And um, she said she really likes to get some nice note cards because that's kind of a consumable item and it's something that she'll actually use. Never would have thought of that. Hadn't thought about that. Yeah, right? Um, And then um, if you know what kind of pens they like, then obviously pens are really nice. And we touched on that earlier because that's true for anybody. If you know what kind of pens they like, um, then definitely getting people pens is nice. Um, She said that actually, and I think this is true for a lot of school districts, if you requisition something, she said basically anything nice like anything nice. Because if you requisition school supplies, she said, like, you'll go in and ask for some pens and you get them and they're all dried out because they are in a box that's been sitting in a warehouse for six years and they don't work. And the tape that comes, she was like, you can't believe the tape. It's like, it's yellow. It's like the kind of tape your grandmother used and it's all (laughs) sticky and, you know, right. And, um, and then she said, and you know what, actually just a ream of paper, is is really good because especially toward the end of the year you know papers in short supply everything's kind of running out and she said especially colored paper is really nice because they're always doing handouts and um you know and flyers to go home and stuff like that so um, a ream of paper or a ream of colored paper and you can watch the sales on these things and pick them up and um you know the teachers um there's, there's often a limit on the really good sales on things like just straight up copier paper and stuff. So that I thought was really, um, it was some things I hadn't thought about before. She said some nice scissors. And I, I asked her, um, you know, I said I, I didn't know whether it was better to get nice things or like if there's, you know how there's kind of no point sometimes getting nice things because somebody else is going to mm-hmm. use them and ruin them. Right. And um, and she said, no, it's really nice to have nice things because they do last longer. And, you know, you do have a lot of times the ability to keep the kids from using your stuff and just have the kids use their stuff. And she said, I like nice things because they last longer. And then I don't feel as guilty when they when they actually do wear out and I have to throw them away. You know, at least I used them for a lot longer. So she was like nice scissors, you know, a stapler that actually works. (laughs) So, you know, these were some things that I hadn't really thought about. And it's, um, you know, it's so much better than just going into, uh, you know, just going into TJ Maxx and looking for, a, you know, something that's got to sit on the desk that says world's greatest teacher. Like she probably does not need a coffee yeah. mug, right? Even if it does say world's greatest teacher. And unless that know, mug is even full if I of do coffee. love her. Or a gift card, or right. a gift card well, to buy coffee, oh, yeah. or a travel mug to yeah. fill with coffee. Right, and you know, if you know what kind of travel mug they use, you know, or if you know that that's going to be good, um, you know, uh, speaking as a person who has like ten travel mugs sitting on the shelf in the 
you know, in the kitchen and then probably a dozen more sitting in a cabinet in the corner that we give people when they're visiting. And, you know, we're like, yeah, we don't need that back because travel mugs come from everywhere. Right. And most of them aren't very good. And I have my one Contigo coffee mug that I use all the time. Um, So, you know, those kinds of things, if, unless you know that they're a serial loser of coffee mugs and they chronically need a new one, um, you know, then that's, those are the gifts we default to because it seems so just sad somehow to take in a ream of paper, but it turns out like what they want might actually be the ream of paper. And then again, you know, with the gift card, like don't, don't underestimate the Staples gift card or the grocery store gift card because, um, you know, they're underpaid and they're overworked and they buy stuff for their classrooms all the time. And grocery stores sell an awful lot of stuff that they might need in the classroom, like Kleenex and Hanny Sand and <laughs> Lysol wipes. Yep. <laughs> you know? um, one of the places where I worked, they, I, want, I think it was when I was, it might have actually been when I was teaching, um, the local, I want to say it was a local group of, of family members put things together for the teachers and the teacher's aides, and one of the biggest, like, favorite gifts was the gift card to the local grocery store, especially for the more, the beginning level teachers who... And the yeah, aides, the yeah. the teacher's aides, because back then, that was not when I was teaching it, it was when I was a teacher's aide. Um, I'm remembering it more clearly now the more, Now that I'm talking it out. Um, They're grossly Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I back then, I mean, I was making... 12 bucks an hour which was really good for where I was living but was still you know I had a bachelor's degree and experience as a teacher and I took the job because I had to work but I wasn't I mean I was barely making ends meet so getting a gift card to go to well as we used to call it can't affords the local grocery store um you know really really helped me out around the holidays you know and the gift card was like twenty dollars you know that's turkey that's sides yeah that's that's the ability to take that twenty dollars and maybe spend it on gifts for that person's kid or their family members or you know what i mean like yeah it, it, you know we I, you know we were poo-pooing the gift card but at the same time, that can make a huge difference in their life. Um, so yeah, 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 and don't yeah, and I, I shouldn't have poo pooed the um, Amazon or Walmart gift card because really that was you know that was classist of me to be doing that because we were talking about stationery and stuff. But when we're talking about teacher gifts, and especially if your family, you know, if if you're looking at okay, I've got three kids and each of them has a teacher and a teacher's aide and there's a librarian and there's a music teacher and there's a soccer coach and there's a dance teacher. Like you're running into real Mm -hmm. money. Um, And if you can manage to budget to go into the grocery store and buy a stack of $10 gift cards to the grocery store, that's actually significant. If you're going to a grocery store that they're likely to be shopping at anyway, now you, you know, you wouldn't want to go to something that was, inaccessible, right. you know, that they were going to have to make a special trip to you're get to. You're not going to want to go to Whole you're pretty sure they and get them a gift yeah. card because yeah. that's not going to help them out unless you know that they go there for specialty items on occasion. Right. Which is, yeah, which again is totally fine. Or maybe they even, if there's, 
if there's a Whole Foods that's actually accessible near the school or something that you know that you're not creating a situation where they're going to have to drive across town to use this $10 gift certificate, then that might actually be really nice. Because if if that's close to the school, then $10 is they can stop in and buy something on the way home from school to go with dinner that night, right? right? Or they can stop on the way in if they want to buy something for lunch, you know, so that's, that's a lunch, right? Um, So yeah, you know, if you have the means to do that, that's a really, really uh, appreciated kind of gift. And it's not stationary, but it is, it is kind of thoughtful toward the people you're talking to. And, you know, going back to getting the gift cards for like their favorite coffee shop or wherever, um, my dad was a teacher and this was many years ago before sort of the proliferation of Starbucks on every corner, there were Dunkin' Donuts and a McDonald's on his way to work. And I remember the year one of his students gave him, and this was before gift cards, it was a coupon, a coupon book. Yes, I remember those. And they were like 50 cents a piece. And that was real money. So you'd go in, you'd rip off your coupons and buy whatever it was. And he was so excited. Someone had given him a five dollar coupon book. He's like, "I can, I can no, get a I coffee and a books. and a and a biscuit on my way to work." It was like it was made him so yeah. happy because he didn't, you know, he worked yeah. with mostly teenage boys, and they didn't often bring him in holiday gifts. So the few times when it did happen, it was most usually a. Yeah, my mom stopped and uh, thought we should give this to you. So, uh, Merry Christmas. Here's a coupon. <laughs> I hope you like it. And, you know, he did. He was always super stoked about his little coupon books for McDonald's. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> anyway. And I'm, I'm going to go back to something we said earlier. And whatever you get for any of your teachers put a note with it that says, I mean, if you can't say something specific because you don't know them well, then just say, thank you so much. We really appreciate what you do. Like even just that. And, um, you know, if your kid is in public school, think about how much money you'd be spending if you sent him to private school and factor that into your gift. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. So we are approaching an hour and a half. So I think it's time to oh, I'm sorry. button this up. What do you guys think? Yeah, have we I, killed I the agree. gift guide? Definitely. Yes. We've beaten it to death. We have. All right. <clears throat> so I just, I, I didn't have a chance to talk to both of you about this. I talked to Dee about it last week, mm-hmm. but, but not on air. I got some feedback via Instagram that really kind of hit me right in the feels about, about, Uh-oh. about, um, about our discussion about getting things done and the fact that we brought up the patriarchy, um, <laughs> in the, patriarchy. the patriarchy to riff on, uh, buffering the vampire slayer, um, about the fact that we talked about the patriarchy in terms of getting things done and kind of knocking, get it the whole getting things done, um, hierarchy a little bit. It really resonated with a lot of the women who listen to the podcast and how they've been treated in business settings. Um, and I just, what the hell America? Yeah. It's, it's 2017. We're still dealing with this. Um, so anyway, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to edit that out. Damn it. Um, 
But it was just, it really, people who didn't feel comfortable either commenting on the blog itself or on the our members of the Facebook group or who didn't feel like they could start a discussion about mm-hmm. it because that's what the patriarchy has done to women who work in business. And, but the yeah. fact that we are talking about it and we're talking about how how it was discussed in the book really um, hit it home for some people. And I think, I think we did a good job. And I just wanted to thank those people for sending those messages via Instagram. Um, it really, I don't know, it made me really happy to f- feel like, you know, we're having these discussions, we're recording our discussions, and it's not just us shouting out into the ether. We are, <laughs> we are talking about real things that hit men and women, and women especially, and the LGBT community who are out there working in the world. Um, and I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I'm I'm getting kind of teary-eyed just thinking about it. So, no. but you know, it, it's I think the fact that we're having these discussions. Hopefully, it will open it up for further discussions within the stationary community uh, about how we talk about how people treat others in the workplace because I think it's a huge problem especially with the political climate and things that we're learning about yes um yeah especially every day oh my god some of the stuff that I learned about this morning uh, and last night going on in in the uh entertainment community has been mind-blowing um and yeah um with that, yeah. And I don't want to go into detail with that because that's such a downer. Yeah. Um, well, also because by the time this actually airs, it's going to be old well, news. We're going to be like nine scandals. Yeah. yeah. Well, there'll be a whole other whole other scandal for someone that all the people liked and felt was an advocate or an ally, and all of a sudden we find out they're deal <laughs> too. So. Um, or they've acted like <laughs> in the past. Yeah. And you're going to have to bleep out yeah. both yeah, of those. Yeah, I know. But. I mean, so let's just say this, whoever the no- the news was that came out yesterday <laughs> when you're listening to this, that's yes. who we're talking about. Oh man. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that, um, I'm, I, this has helped me feel having conversations with you two has made me feel more intersectional and more supported <laughs> and more open to having these discussions elsewhere in my life. And I want to thank the two of you for having those discussions with me. But also I want to thank all of the listeners who are commenting either publicly or privately um, for giving us support and helping us keep going because I think we're going into a really cool direction. We're, we're at episode 16, you guys. Yeah, I know. Holy crap. (laughs) 16 episodes. (gasps) This is a square episode. Did you guys notice? (laughs) I, not until now. No, I am. I, I am not a math person, Lenore, but it is. And next time is uh, Prime. Oh, man. So we're going to have a Prime episode next time. That's exciting. And it's one of the last episodes of the year. Yes. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, I think it's really important to thank the listeners and the people on the group because we have amazing, fabulous discussions with people all over the world, men and women, people who are straight, people who are LGBT and uh, queer, and it's just, I, I don't know, it's awesome. 
and I really enjoy the fact that we can all be nerdy about all of the things we're nerdy about <laughs> together. And I just want to say I love you all. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think you say something important when you say um, it's opened up conversations for you. Episode one, I never would have talked about a book that was written by transgender writers that featured transgender characters on this podcast. Mm -hmm. But by episode 15, I didn't even blink at that. And I think it's because of how we've been received and also just how comfortable we've been with each other. I mean, like, I'm comfortable with you guys anyway. But like, you know, (laughs) I, I never would have thought that I could just talk about, you know, a book like that and not wait for the other shoe to fall. Like, there was no comments negative you know what i mean like yeah yeah exactly it's kind of a weird feeling like (laughs) and it also speaks to the fact that you know i have that feeling mentioning a book like that that you know um that's a problem within itself so the fact that that in this community there isn't that um right you know i don't think we've ever had to moderate anybody out of the group for being like a horrible person have we i don't think no. we've ever moderate moderated yeah anybody so out of the group. no so yeah well i think that i think that we've created a group and i think part of it is also erasables as our maybe our brothers yes um if you will our, our brothers our brother <laughs> or <group>. possibly our <laughs> dads <laughs> uh you know I, I i prefer looking at them as more of an equal rather than the paternalistic <laughs> implication of dad yeah. Uh, okay yeah but I would just point out, you know, that we did kind of birth yes, from yes. them. Well, so, there is you know. that. Maybe there are moms. <laughs> well, you know, there is jo- jo- Johnny no, is kind of Mr. Yes. Mom and yes. uh, Andy is a cat lady. <laughs> uh, and I think he will accept that conversation. Yeah. I, I should ask him before I edit that out. Um, but, you know, like, I, I think that because we're we're coming out of that group and many of our members are a member of Erasables, there's... This... You said coming out. <laughs> well, we... Well, yeah, we kind of did come out of that group. Anyway, but... Um, Sorry. I, I think there's already that sort of, like, no nonsense. We're not going to accept people being hateful yeah. from that group. And I think that that has translated over to RSVP. Um, and, you know we did go off on a tangent about the fact that we wouldn't accept hate in the group in one of the podcasts. Yeah. Like we would, we would shut that down very quickly if it was hateful. And I'd like to say going either way, you know, yeah, not absolutely. just from a left or right, oh, yeah. from a left standpoint yeah. for any which way. Yeah. yeah. I don't have enough time but in my we day. We also have just fostered. Yeah. We've created and fostered a culture where I don't think people no. try that stuff. Right. And I think the, that's that's part of why people find it welcoming yeah. and i i will just say you know you you said we thank the listeners and we appreciate the listeners and we do but i actually don't even care if people listen i love that group so much whether they listen yes. or not yeah so and i just like that i have an excuse to talk to you too i know right i look forward to but this every other know. week yeah. <laughs> exactly like well you know i don't want to do this yeah. but i have to yeah, like I, I, I tell Christy, I have to record this podcast. Yeah, I need, I need the room. Yeah, she's like, yeah, okay, it's like a job, sort of. It's my beard, so, sort of. Uh, but yeah, so 
You can find the podcast online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. You can find me, Les, at comfortableshoesstudio.com, Facebook at the same, and Instagram and Twitter for now at Original L.C. Harper. D, where can we find you? You can find me at theweeklypencil.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Weekly Pencil. You're so organized. Lenore, <laughs> where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook through the group. And I just had to literally <laughs> click over to our um, document to find out that my Twitter handle is at Lenore underscore Hoyt because I literally couldn't remember. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. What's my Instagram? <laughs> it's not in here. Well, I only follow other people. I never, I can't figure out how to post things to it from my phone. Y'all, I'm like, I'm like 80 <laughs> in smartphone years. Like, I can't, I'm like, really? I can't, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I literally wow. don't know how to do this. So, but I follow we'll other people. We'll put it in the, in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put it in there for okay. you. Okay. Thanks. <laughs>